0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. Today, I am giving you a sneak peek. Well, actually not a sneak peek, a whole peek. (laughs) You get full access into a really fun workshop that I did a couple of months ago with my friend, Erin Lindstrom. Erin is not only my friend, but she is part of my sales strategy team, and she is also a coach in my Shine Mastermind. Now, during this conversation, Aaron and I chatted all about how to launch your thing, product, service, brand, whatever it may be, in just three steps in 30 days or less. So, what we do is we walk you through the three steps to launching anything you want in 30 days or less, the five things that your launch must include in order to actually be successful and get you the results that you're wanting, how much you would expect to make on your first launch. I think that's a big, big thing in order to manage expectations. And then of course, getting your mindset right to be able to easily market and scale your launch to hit those revenue goals that you have. So this is a very tactile step-by-step episode, lots of great actionable tips in it. I can't wait for you to get all the goodness out of this one. All right, let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, business coach and brand expert. I invite you to join millions of our other listeners in building a brand that is influential, loved by the masses, and worth millions. The Influencer Podcast is the only resource you need to start, grow, and scale the brand and business of your wildest dreams. Discover why people all over the world call The Influencer Podcast their go-to for all things branding, influence, and marketing. That's what you want to get your hands on, right? Hello everybody. Happy Friday. Thank you for being here. I am going to turn on our clubhouse because we do have some folks meeting us there as well. Um, Welcome, welcome. If you're on the webinar, welcome. If you're on the clubhouse, welcome. We're doing two things simultaneously, which is really fun. Um, I would first just love to know where you're tuning in from. So if you are on the Webby and you can let us know, I see some Atlanta names on here. That's good. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Jody and Caitlin over on the clubhouse. Good to see everybody. We have some Nashville folks. So I'm going to dive in shortly. We do have Erin that is also going to be joining us. She's just having some troubleshooting issues. It looks like she's joining soon, so she should pop in here any minute. And we're really, really excited to chat with you guys today. So What we're gonna be talking about today is simply how to launch. And this idea of launching and wanting to launch with success and really the key components that go into it. So to kind of start this off, I'll let you know why I, Julie Solomon, (laughs) am the person to really teach this to you and share this with you. I have been launching um, a business and a brand, a multi seven figure business and brand, since about 2016 is when I started doing what I do now. And the way that I launch is through various ways. I have paid programs that I launch. Um, I launch them evergreen. I launch them throughout the year. One is called Shine, which you'll be hearing about today. It is my high level mastermind coaching program. I have another seven figure evergreen program that I have launched multiple times over the years and now have on an evergreen launch called Pitch It Perfect. And then I have other things that I launch all the time, like my podcast, The Influencer Podcast. So I am constantly launching in one way, shape or form. And I know that a lot of times People always get to this idea of how do I launch in a way that can be successful? How do I launch in a way that can be profitable? How can I launch in a way that actually helps me get that return on investment that I'm looking for? And those are all very valid questions and thoughts to have. However, what I've noticed throughout my journey of supporting women and helping them grow their businesses is a lot of times people won't launch because they're so afraid of not getting it right, of doing the wrong thing, of not having it perfect. And I kind of want to walk you through how to overcome that because what I have come to find through my own experience is that the magic of launching, hi Erin, the magic of launching really comes from the messiness of testing and testing and testing and testing. That's where you really learn to kind of have your launch sweet spot. So with that said, today we're going to be talking about again from my experience the three steps that I have figured out <laughs> along many years of testing of what it is that you actually need to launch and it's actually a three-step system that I walk my coaching students through during our 12 months together in shine accelerator it's the prop it's the offer prospect and sales model we're also going to be going through the five things that you will want your launch to have to be as successful as possible if they don't have all five things that is fine but your goal is to really try to to get all of these five things, into whatever it is that you're launching, a product, a service, a business, et cetera. And then we're gonna talk a little bit about how networking and community is so important when it comes to launching. How can being surrounded by the right people actually help you launch and scale greater than you could ever do on your own? And then we're gonna be talking about how much should you expect to make from launching and kind of what falls into that. And then of course, all of the good things regarding your mindset, When it comes to launching, so as we dive in, I just want you to kind of remember and keep in mind, you know, what is your goal from this launch? What is it that you're wanting to create? What problem do you solve? You know, that's a big one that we're going to uncover. And before I dive in, Erin, I will let you kind of say hello.
1: Hello, (laughs) I'm so happy to be here, Julie. um, Thank you for having me. This is going to be like a really fun conversation. So Julie and I have known each other for a couple of years and just over the past, I don't know, six months or so have been talking so much about launching and how we support our clients and getting people really not just up and running, but there's so many people who are in it already and like kind of running, (laughs) like slow jogging or quick walking um, and how to really kind of build momentum, get what you want out there. And do it in a way that it feels good. And so to me, I'm always thinking about things in a really strategic way. And then also um, thinking about like the mindset piece and the how does this feel as a human? Um, And so as we're kind of talking through the different strategies today and the different things that you want to be thinking about really on like an earth CEO CEO level, I'm going to be kind of like bringing in the mindset piece of it, the healing, the kind of things to think through when you're stuck that are kind of a step beyond the like, I don't know what to do. It's like, okay, if you feel like that, then what's really going on there? Mm.
0: All right. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. Um, Okay. So before we dive into the three steps, which I've shared with you guys, it's called offer prospect and sales. We're going to talk about offer first, but first I want to ask you guys a question for those on clubhouse. You can just kind of think through this, um, where you are. And then for those here on the Webby with us, you can just go ahead and put in the chat box. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about launching? And when I say think, I mean the first feeling, what is the first feeling that kind of takes over (laughs) when you think about this idea of launching? Okay. We have fear, excitement, anxiety, anxious, what others will think all of the work daunting overwhelmed yes
1: <laughs> oh my god they're all so negative help how about exciting <laughs> money abundance joy <laughs> so what if
0: i told you that i could give you three steps to help clear out all of this so these are not the first feelings that you go to. Would that be something that everybody would want here today? If so, yes, Lynn says that would be great. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) Magic work.
1: Good feelings. Yes, please. All right. So
0: with that, it is three steps that I call offer prospect and sales. And the first one that I want to dive into is your offer. Now, a lot of reasons why we have those feelings that we just talked about is either one of three things. We haven't gotten clear on what it is that we're offering, or we're trying to offer it to the wrong person or we don't have our marketing and our community and our networking dialed in to actually get the sales and impact and reach that we're wanting. So that's really the issue. So in order to kind of reverse engineer this, I want to walk you through quickly how you can get clear on these three things to have a more successful launch. So the first thing goes to what what you offer. What is it that you're actually offering? And when I say that, I don't mean oh, I'm offering a membership or, oh, I'm offering a plan or, oh, I'm offering a program. No one buys a plan. Mm. (laughs) No one buys a program. No one buys a mastermind. What they buy is a dream come true. So in order to get clear on your offer, you want to ask yourself, what is the dream come true that I am selling? All right. Because I feel like a lot of times what happens is that you start to go through this idea of, oh, I'm going to create this course and it's going to be amazing and everyone's going to love it. And what you do is you go out into the world and you try to sell this course and then it's like crickets. And a lot of times it's because the way that you're offering it and how you're presenting it to your prospect, it's kind of like you're... It's kind of like you're trying to sell a dream vacation, but instead of selling the destination, you're selling the airplane. Mm-hmm. And you're selling to the prospect what the stewardess is wearing and, you know, what the bathroom looks like in the back of the plane. No one cares about the airplane. They care about the tropical vacation, the destination that they're going to. So you have to answer that question of what is the dream come true that you are actually selling to someone through whatever avenue you choose whether it's a membership, a program, a service, products, what is that dream come true? Mm-hmm. And if you can that down, you are going to be able to connect to your prospect in a way
1: that gets them to convert.
0: That's the first step. Erin, any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so I love that. And I think, you know, you brought up the point of like, so you have to get on the airplane to go on vacation. And so that is part of the process. And I think it's important to know all of the things like procedurally. So you feel good about the offer, but the energy altogether is really of all of it. It is of that dream vacation and that last piece. And as I usually like talk to clients and what comes up around um, the offer is, is it good enough? Is it worth this amount of money and all of that? And I love when I hear this because I always bring it back to, if we reflect that into what does it mean about you? It's usually, am I good enough? Like, Am I, is this valuable enough? Am I valuable enough? Am I, can I say this price? Like, am I good enough to say this price? And so on the mindset side of things, I just encourage you to kind of like look at that. If you're getting stuck on the what you are selling and wondering, will this be good enough for the person? What you may be questioning is whether or not you were good enough. And so then I kind of ask, okay, how can we pour into you so you're feeling good? Because it's that confidence and that energy of like, of being able to present the dream vacation that changes it because there's two ways I can talk about that. I can tell you about, you know, if we want to use the example of, yeah, you have to go and like, you'll get on the airplane and there'll be a stewardess and it'll be fine or a flight attendant. And then you'll get somewhere and then you'll get to the hotel and it'll be okay and whatever. Or when you express that, you can be like, okay, so here's what's going to happen. You're going to leave your job. You're going to put your phone down You're going to be with your family and together. And when you arrive at the hotel, you are going to feel like, oh my gosh, you're at the beach. There is sand and sunshine and you will forget your worries and just be able to have quality time with the people you love. I'm selling the same thing, but they sound very different and the energy is very different. And the biggest shift there is actually my energy with myself, believe it or not. And that's where the mindset stuff really comes in there. So just an invitation to check in with yourself around what do you, you believe personally that you're worthy of? Because when we're talking about sales, like, what are your thoughts around how will it feel? Will it be okay if you're making more money than most of the people in your life? Will it be okay if it's not hard to do work? Like all of this stuff, we're just talking about offers, but all of that kind of gets shifted and moved. And so many people get stuck in that mud um, and then don't take action because they're stuck in the mindset piece of it. Um, So you can be gentle with yourself. You can kind of like check in with that and then also move forward and really pay attention to what is the value you're delivering to the client. If you you need an example, um, I'll share with you what I offer. So
0: typically what I offer to women is a career and growth and expansion in that career. And one of the ways that I do that is through programs and masterminds. And so I would say that I offer a career or a possibility for someone who does not want to work for, the, for anyone else anymore. They want to work for them themselves and they want to make a lot of money doing it. I help them get there. And so you want, and to, to my prospect, their dream come true is the freedom that they're going to have by making a lot of money doing what they love. Mm-hmm. That. So that's kind of what I want you guys to take away with when it comes to the offer piece. And I would love to know who here today can commit to figuring this out. If you, you may not know how yet, but I just want to hear that commitment from you. If you can commit to actually figuring out what your offer is and what is that dream come true that you're selling, Mm -hmm. that's really where I want to, yes. Okay. We've got some great yeses in the chat box. Awesome. And I hope our clubhousers are doing great too. Um, Okay. So now I want to go to step two, which is the prospect. So, when I say prospect, sometimes you'll hear this idea of this could be your customer, this could be your audience, this could be your follower, this could be your avatar, right? We've heard a lot about your ideal client avatar, ideal customer avatar. I call them your prospect. And basically, these are all of the people that mm-hmm. could potentially invest in the products, services, et cetera, that you are offering to them, right? So as I mentioned earlier, a lot of times what happens is that you'll get your offer nailed down, but then you'll start offering it to people who are not your right prospect. And then what this does is it immediately makes you shrink, makes you think that you were crazy, makes you think that who was I to even think that this would work? Okay, I've created this thing and now no one wants it and all of my fears are coming true. When really not that no one wants it. It's just that you most likely are either offering it to the wrong person or you're not offering it enough to your ideal prospect. So there's a couple of steps here. The first thing you want to get clear on who your ideal prospect is. And I'll give you an example of how I get clear on it just because it's very direct and simple. I like to think of it this way. You want to be able to sell ice, right? Which is your offer. To an Eskimo, right? Which is the kind of prospect who would want ice, who has the money to invest in what you're selling them. And that's a key component there. Because a lot of times I'll hear people say, oh, well, you know, I tried to offer this, but people say that they don't have the money for it or they don't have the time for it. If someone genuinely, truly at the heart of it doesn't choose to invest or choose to make time for what you're offering, then they're not your ideal prospect you need to go and find your eskimo who wants your ice and wants to happily pay you for that okay so that's what i want you guys to start to start kind of thinking about first is like who is my eskimo right what does he or she look like think like like really get down to that what is what is my eskimo's dream come true and how can i find my eskimo and then offer them my offer so they can happily pay me for my services and I can give back to the world. It really is that simple. And then I also want you to think about, could it be possible that you may be, A, offering your offer to the wrong Eskimos, or B, not offering your offer enough to Eskimos? Because the other side of that is that sometimes we'll start to go out and we'll start to make offers or maybe we'll launch once or twice and then we don't kind of hit that, that revenue goal that we had in mind or that that goal that we set inside of ourselves. So then we think that like this clearly doesn't work and I just need to shut down. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Well, how are you going to grow and expand if you stop offering what you're offering to your prospects? A lot of times it just means that you need to go out and you need to make more offers. You need to make sure that your Eskimo knows that you are there and you are the solution provider for their challenges and you're ready to show up and serve them. And you've got exactly what it is to make their dream come true happen. All right, Ms. Erin, any
1: thoughts there? Yes, it's so good. So what comes up for me here, so when we're talking about the prospect and who this person is for on the mindset level, what we're kind of like thinking here, this is all about connection. So this is a great place to check in with A, what are you telling yourself right now about prospects? Are you if I were to ask, right, if you have something that you've tried to launch and perhaps hasn't gone exactly how you want to, but like what stories are there? Are you saying things like, there's no one out there, no one cares about what I'm saying, no one shows up to my live streams, no one likes anything? Like, are those the stories that you're telling yourself right now? Or are you seeing the 40 people who like your picture and really like receiving that? And I ask that because. I think a lot of times we're so focused on the numbers and this really isn't necessarily about having the biggest audience ever. It's about you being able to connect with people who are totally aligned with what you want um, and then go from there. It's not, um, it doesn't mean you have to have everything or be talking to every single person on the internet, right? So another way to kind of like look at this and I always like to look into our personal life because I find that it mirrors our life and we can move blocks in the personal world that will then move them in the business world or vice versa. So um, if the connection stuff, think about your life and your friendships. Do you feel like your relationships are in sync? Are they like give and take? Are they in flow? Or are you someone who kind of like shows up and is always giving more and you're always waiting for someone else to finally show up and take care of you the way you take care of them? Those relationship dynamics actually matter here because what you're starting to do in your business is build relationships. And in sales, what I go for is like a healthy relationship. I want to talk to people who, you know, know, like, and trust me. They're into what I'm selling, right? They're, we're aligned in that way. And then when we have a conversation, I actually, in the nicest possible way, like do not care if they buy. And what I mean by that is it is my job to have the conversation to make sure she has the information she needs Um, to then make a decision about whether or not she wants to work with me. What that requires is that she's in a healthy space to make a decision. Sales is not um, forcing someone into something, in my opinion. Uh, There are people out there who will tell you differently. But to me, I want this to be consensual. I want her to join my, you know, program or mastermind or whatever it is from her full power. Um, And she might be taking a leap of faith and not be able to see the whole, you know, next 40 steps, but she can see that next one step. And she knows that this is the right place to get that next piece of support. Um, So checking in with your connection, like how are you working in relationships in your life? How are your connections with people? What are you telling yourself? Um, And then lastly, if you have, um, if you have a story around no one listens to me, This is a really good time to look at that. And also going back, like if you want to look at childhood stuff, I find a lot of this always pops up, which is like, what were you told about expressing yourself? Was it safe for you to like have the space and talk about what you cared about and all of that jazz? Or if you made a big fuss, were you sent to your room because it was distracting or annoying and your parents like didn't have space for that necessarily? Same thing in schools. Like, we're not really set up for the entrepreneurial world where you're now being asked to step up and market, right? And to talk about what you do and to take up space and be seen. So you have to kind of look at like, what have I learned about this in the past? And what do I need now to know in my body thats that it is safe for me to show up and be and to share this? And then when you can do that, then people can see you and can connect, in, connect with you in a way that is different than if you're showing up and saying things, but your insides are like, please don't look at me because I don't believe it's safe. <laughs> and so I think that's a really important piece of the puzzle too. With the puzzle, we'll actually talk about this in a minute when we go into sales and
0: strategy. Um, but I would love to know for those that have found that, you know, it's, it's difficult to figure out who I'm talking to. It's difficult to find the right prospect. It's difficult to attract them into what I'm doing. A lot of times, what ends up happening is that we're just not showing up enough. We're not making enough offers. We're not letting people, as Erin said, we're not showing up and speaking out and letting people know this is who I am. This is why I am the perfect person to help support you and shepherd you through what you need to go through. And this is exactly how I do it. We're not showing up enough. So if if it's been hard for you to find this prospect or, you know, bring this prospect in or sell to this prospect, it could also be that maybe there's some limiting stuff here that's actually keeping you from making all of the offers that you want to make, which is very common because we as human beings do not like to hear no. And the more offers that we make, the more no's that we're going to hear, right? But the thing is, you should lean in. To the no, you should want to get a lot of no's because if you're getting a lot of no's, that means that you're also probably getting quite a lot of yeses. So, for every 10 no's that you're going to get, you're going to get a yes, right? And that's kind of what I like to tell myself when I'm offering that I've got all of these prospects out there that don't even know that I exist. They don't even know that I have what I have to offer them. So, I have got to make a lot of offers and I've got to get a lot of no's so I can then get to those people and share with them and get those yeses. So I would love to know who here can commit today to figuring out who their ideal prospect is and figuring out how to get them, how to go after them, how to speak to them, how to be their solution provider, right? Okay, Carrie said that she can. We've got a lot of people here that that are relating to this, that they hold themselves back due to fear. Rochelle, yes. Adriana, Joanne, yes, the commitment here is so important in, in really figuring out how I'm going to show up and serve. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're going to go on to our sales piece, which I love. And so we kind of talked about this a little bit with Aaron. that um, I think a lot of times what happens with sales is that we get so focused in on strategy that the mindset component kind of like doesn't exist or it goes out the door. And we get, you know, our masculine energy comes in and we want that masculine energy because it's what helps us with sales, but we kind of lose the balance. So that's kind of one caveat that can cause a disconnection and disruption in sales. The other big thing that I see just from my own experience in coaching people through my mastermind is that people kind of want to skip the first two steps of offer and prospect and just go straight to sales. And in, inside the sales bubble, you have the marketing and the advertising and the networking, Right. But what tends to happen is that a lot of people, they get so focused on trying to get their marketing dialed in or trying to get their content dialed in, they don't even know what they're offering yet, and they haven't even found the right prospect. They're over here, you know, asking me, well, Julie, how much should I spend on Facebook ads? What should this podcast episode be? What should I title this email? Um, You know, what should I put on this blog post? And they don't even have a clear idea of what their offer is, and they haven't gone out and started offering it to the right prospect they're too busy trying to get their marketing dialed in. So what I always love to say is, let's get clear on the offer piece first Mm -hmm. and the prospect piece, and then we'll work on getting the marketing dialed in. And then another to this also is that, A lot of times people are afraid to sell until they've got the marketing dialed in. But the marketing dialing in actually comes from selling. That's where you learn what to say to your prospect, what their uh, objections may be, what their fears may be, um, what their challenges may be that you can help them overcome. That's where you get all of the amazing information that you need to actually dial in the marketing. And so I'm a huge believer in going out making the sales in the best way that you can right now. Of course, if you need support and guidance in doing that, there's a plethora of choices out there for you. But don't be afraid to just take action because the change and the engagement comes from the courage to take action, not from using marketing as kind of this like way to resist actually selling what you're serving.
1: Yes, I know you've got a lot to say about that. I, I can talk forever, but really, I just love, I think one of the smartest things you can do that isn't always like taught or you're not always shown that this is what's happening, but what marketing is, is really reverse engineering the sale, right? And so if you don't know what you're selling, there's really no point of marketing. Like what, why, right? You're just, you're touching people, but you're not moving them in any direction. And I like to think about marketing as like relationship building. Um, and if we think of the sale kind of as like we're married, we're committed, then your marketing is really like the dating. We're getting to know each other. You're moving closer. Do we want to go out? Do you want to have a drink? Like, what are we doing here? Um, and you want, if you are someone who wants to, I'm going to just go with the marriage analogy for a minute. If you're someone who wants to get married, who wants the sale, then that needs to be intentional. You can't just write like, I mean, maybe you can, but for the most part, you're going to have a different strategy if you're just going to the bars and meeting people versus if you're looking for like the person you're spending the rest of your life with. What does that look like? What are your boundaries like? What is your, what are your rules of engagement to lead you to what you want, right? And you have to know what you want to come up with those rules. So I just think it's brilliant everything you just said and kind of like taking that one after the other. The other, yeah, do you want to chime in? Well, no. I gonna. Okay, the one other thing here is that I think there's a lot of movement, what I see at least with my um, clients uh, and the women I speak to who are kind of in that like starting out phase, which I kind of mean like making less than 30K. Maybe you've made some money, maybe you haven't yet, um, but the level of commitment to the offer feels scary. And so what happens is we like choose something and then we're like, actually, that's not it. I need to change that. And therefore the marketing changes. And then from the marketing, we're like, actually, I'm seeing this. So I'm going to change the price point, which changes the offer. Which changes your prospects, like so. We do this like continual back and forth, and we end up hiding in the process rather than finding ourselves in the offer. And so, if you can actually commit to showing up and selling it, and what if you committed to your offer for ninety days and showed up for it one hundred percent as if this were the thing, knowing that as entrepreneurs and business owners, part of the. The magic and the flow of all of this is that you're going to get to flow. <laughs> you're going to get to change your mind and go in different directions, but you need to start gathering information. And as Julie was saying, like that happens on the sales call. That happens when you're interacting at that level, when you're getting feedback. And one of the things Julie says all the time that I love, she's like, let's get no's because you want a bunch of no's because it tells us where the yeses are and like how to move. And when we have a bunch of no's and some yeses, then we can see like what's different, what's the same. And it's really about getting that information. So I just think all of that, you just have an invitation to show up and learn from the people that you're talking to.
0: And with that, we are going to take some questions soon from Clubhouse and from the Webby. Um, But I would love to know, again, who can commit to figuring this out? Is it important enough to you to really expand, to really have the life that you want, to really have the business that you want? Who can commit to this? You don't have to have all the answers today. It's just having the courage to commit. Okay, great. We've got Helena, Christina, Emily, Carrie, Awesome, Diana. And I know my clubhouses are shaking their heads too. Yes. Yeah, so we are in good space. Okay. So quickly before we get to Q&A, I want to talk a little bit about some of the operations stuff with launching, because I think some of the biggest fears around launching has to do with the oper- operational side, the system side, the tech side, right? It can get very convoluted, very confusing, very overwhelming. So what I like to do, and I do this with myself and I do this with my coaching clients, and I I spend a lot of time during the 12 months that I have with my accelerator students on dialing this in, and I want to share a little bit of it with you quickly now, but there's five things that I have come to find that in order to launch with success and actually have the legs and the longevity to succeed with launching this is, these are the five things that you want your launch to have, or at least have as many of these as possible. You want your launch to be as automated as it can be, right? And what I mean by automated means that like you physically don't have to be clicking all the buttons and doing all the things. Can there be things that are recorded? Can there be things that are automated? Digital. What can be digital to what it is that you're doing? And I'm not just saying like launching a program, I'm saying launching anything, like even even with your dynamics with your team, anything that you are launching, what can be automated? What can be digital? What if can anything be evergreen, all right? Because again, that's just going to allow you to have openness and space and, and it's gonna keep it kind of ongoing, right? So automated, digital, evergreen. What can be recurring? right typically what i like to be recurring is the revenue <laughs> i don't know about you guys but i like recurring revenue <laughs> <laughs> and scalable meaning what are the components that we're going to be focusing on that is scalable so from my own experience launches that are the most successful have it mostly all five of these components or at least 3 to 5 of all of these components And so I want to leave you guys with that piece of when you're thinking about it. And I'm hoping that this is, it's really meant to underwhelm you because it's giving you like a kickoff of a direction that you want to make sure that when you're going into this, that you want to find five of those components that can allow you to really have more space and have more freedom to tap into some of the other things like the offer and the prospects and sales and dialing that in a little
1: bit more. And with that, Erin, if you want to share anything on that side yeah. before we get into the Q and a. Yep, I think those are brilliant. And I love how you said like five is the goal, right? But if you need to start with three of them, great, go. <laughs> and like know that you can expand like over time, like now you have goals of like here are the five things that we want this to look like, so it's the most streamlined. Um, but done is better than perfect, and you get to show up and like get into flow. The thing that I hear most of the time with ops and I hear this all the time with you know the members in shine, is the, it's the question of how. Like, okay, I know I want to do this, but I don't know how. And so when people join Shine Accelerator, a lot of times the biggest fear that I witness is, will, I, will you teach me how, though? And I think that's really important and true, that there is information that you need to know to move forward. And on the other side of that, none of this is rocket science. And I mean that in, like, the best possible way. Like, I just want everyone to take a moment and to notice that, like, there are a bajillion, like, we are in a thriving industry that is growing and growing and growing. And, like, it's very figure outable. So, like, the how, I think we use that as, a, that as an excuse is, like, I don't know. I'm not techie enough. I'm not this. Like, there are people who will teach you. There are methodologies that already exist. So, you don't have to reinvent how to launch something you just have to show up and know everything else, right? The prospect, the prospect and the offer and how to do sales. And then that ladder is, is here and available to you. So if you can like let go of the how a little bit, know that you're supported with like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what you need. And then fold in your own magic. You're kind of unstoppable as long as you are committed to keep going to get information and then to go again.
0: Good, I love that. So before we get to q and I just want to know again, who can commit to this? Who can commit to figuring it out? And if the how piece is the piece that, that has gotten you stuck, I would love to know who's ready to just commit to themselves on that level. All right, Diana said yes. Awesome. Jessica, Alana is so ready. Christina mm-hmm. said yes. Alexa, awesome. All right. Well, if you are ready to go at it now, because why not now that is a better time than ever. Um, we have my incredible Shine Mastermind program that helps you with all of this. Um, you can learn more about it by clicking in the link, in the Clubhouse link, or hit that button that says, once support and launching, apply for Shine. Go check out the page, see what's happening there. Erin is also part of this amazing community and helps us in various different ways. And I would love to support you. That is what we do inside Shine. We have the strategy, we have, we nail down the offers, we nail down the prospects, we nail down the sales, we walk through it together, step by step, over a 12-month period. And most importantly, we have this insane community mm-hmm. that can grow in scale. And that's the other side to this that I think a lot of people tend to forget, is that when you have a group of people who are going where you're going and get get where you're going and are kind of also doing the same things that you're doing, maybe in different dynamics and niches, but the same thing, your level and your capacity to grow and scale is infinite. Because not only are you getting their geniuses, their perspectives, what's worked for them, what hasn't worked for them, but you're getting this network and this community and this this family, if you will, that are here to share the good news, to support your work, to kind of be that marketing arm and sales arm for you organically because they they so want you to succeed as well. They've mm-hmm. got so much skin in your game of success that it just becomes this incubation mm-hmm. of massive transformation. And that is what I am so proud of inside the Shine Accelerator mastermind that I created is that our community is already seeing success you know, leaning upon each other to figure things out, to grow, to scale. Of course they have me and of course they have the coaches, but, but the the magic really comes from that community and those women being together and helping each other and reasoning things out with each other and helping each other think critically. That's where you find the magic piece.
1: Mm-hmm. Community, I think is like one of the most important things with growing your business because most of us, um, kind of, what I find anyway is as the entrepreneur in your family or in your lineage or whatever, um, many times my clients say to me that they feel like the black sheep. And I call it the shiny sheep. So I just see glitter. And I think being in a community where everyone feels like that and everyone is trying something different and questioning the norms and breaking glass ceilings um, is so empowering. And to be able to ask questions and to see other people doing it, where a lot of times they'll ask a question that, I didn't even know I had, but when someone else says it, it's like, oh, that's what I needed to hear. Thank you. And you can't, you just can't get there like by yourself. So I think it's incredible. And something else I'd I'd love to actually ask you about if you're open, Julie, is obviously like influencing is a huge part of what you teach and what you're known for. And how does, I think usually when people think about influencing, they're like, I need numbers on my social media and then I can get a brand deal. And I would love for you to kind of share How does community actually like build into building your influence?
0: Community. So they're, they, they really are so synergistic. Um, The more that you show up and impact and change people's lives and have something that someone wants to hear and know about, which is essentially the definition of influence, in my opinion, the more that you are going to start cultivating that community that want to get behind you, that want to support you. And, you know, we saw it just, just this month in, in Shine Accelerator, we already have, you know, an amazing member that made $6,000 this month. We started three weeks ago. Has already made $6,000 this month because of some of the strategies that we were talking about with nailing down her goals. And it made her just completely get niched down, clear out the clutter. And she was able to network with some of the other members in the group. They posted some things. Then she ended up getting like three new clients, and she made six thousand uh, dollars. So amazing! <laughs> <laughs> like I already made six thousand dollars. I would have never done this. I would never even have thought to to have looked at my business in the way that I'm now looking at it because of what I've learned from here, and because of the influence that I am that that I'm kind of feeding off of with this community, and so. I truly believe the influence is, is huge in that way. Another way in which we use influence in Shine to help other members grow and scale and build their own influential impact is just through support. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I am constantly posting about my members, giving them shout outs, um, loving on them, um, sharing their good news. I also do this on the podcast because that is just naturally and organically who I am. That is how I've built my own influence. This is exactly what I teach people on how to build influence. And I wanna be an example of what is possible when you lead in that way. And so it's not just about talking or numbers or brand deals or you know whatever that is. It's really about creating a collective community where you are sharing other people's work, you're supporting other people, you're celebrating other people. That is what builds this influence and impact piece to help you grow and scale and really become the household name that everyone here wants to be and deserves to be because we all have services that matter and that need to be put out into the world.
1: Yes, I love that. And I think especially when it comes to life, when you have a community, not only for your mental health and sanity and for my support, as you're going through the whole process, you also have people, like, sharing and loving up on you. And like you were saying, like, literally sharing on social media. So the community part, there's just, like, exponential opportunities there. And
0: I would love to kind of dive in now to um, some Q&As. So if we have any on Clubhouse, feel free to raise your hands. And if we've got any in the webinar, I know that we've got um, one. Lynn said here. She is sharing. She did. So Lynn says that um, she's gotten some feedback with her offer, um, but what should her next step be? Um, let's see. I mean, the next step is always to get more offers. Continue to put it out there. Continue to put your offer out there and continue to find your ideal prospect, which we talked a lot about today. Um, that's always the step-by-step. You want to make the offer to the right person, and then you get more sales. And then you just repeat that over
1: and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It sounds like too. So Lynn put this out for free. So it sounds like to now like great. What's the price point? And then right and like go back out there and start it like that. So this is a receiving thing as well. Of okay, now you have put value out. So how are you gonna let people give back to you, knowing that like okay, this is valuable. You tested it. So it's time to move forward. Yes, I can hear you. Oh, sorry.
2: Yeah. Um, well, it's the first time I I actually put my hand up and talk. So I'm a be here and. Um, uh, on this platform, and I'm really excited to be here. So thank you, Julie and Erin. My question is um, regarding prospects, uh, one of the points we've discussed today. And um, basically, I, I'm a, I I do coaching, and I have one-on-one clients. And for the longest time, I wanted to shift into um, online courses, but it never happened because I was afraid to lose my one-on-one clients. And 2020, I put my foot down and I started working on my online course and I took the training, that I, I know that I needed to, to you know, to move forward. And, but at the same time, I also moved across the continent. So now I have clients who are from a different region and I'm creating a course and I feel like where I am today um, has like the audience that is in the country that I'm based now, it's very different from where I used to be based. And somehow I feel like there is a, um, a a battle of communication that I'm having on the platforms, like in social media when I'm going online, when I'm doing lives and everything, because I'm, my audience is getting all mixed up. So here I am. Uh, I come from a marketing background, and I know and I understand what target audience is and how to find them. And now I feel like in this shift, I'm, I'm losing old audience, and I'm not gaining the new audience that I that I want to get, you know what I mean? I don't know if I can explain the 12.
0: Yeah, so what's your question? So, yeah,
2: so my question is, um, when you're doing that shift, and prospects is really important, how do you, um, if, if, if this is a shift where you feel like your audience are all mixed up, how do you refocus again and, and refocus mm-hmm. your messaging? Because now I feel like my messaging is being on two different, to two different groups, and I, I don't want that.
1: Sure. Erin, do you want to leave with this one? Sure. Well, the, fr- the first thing that came up for me um, was really about like, your confidence. And so in some ways, uh, like I don't, and this this might not be popular opinion, but I almost feel like it doesn't matter. If you show up confidently to talk about what you want to fill, then people will respond to that. And so I think it's okay. Like, I think a lot of people have a blended audience, and that's okay. Most people, like, if 10% of your audience buys from you, you're doing great. And so there's always going to be people who are outlying. And I think if you're really clear on what your goals are right now and who the prospects for that are, then what you can do with your marketing is give people tools to actually identify that it's them, right? So when you're talking about this new offer and why it's amazing and who it's for, it's not going to be for... 100% of the people who are listening to you, but you wanna give the people who are listening the kind of like the framework to measure, is this for me, should I be raising my hand? Oh my God, this is exactly me, thank you so much, so that they have the information they need to move into the next step. Does that make sense? Thank you, We're like doing two uh, technical things
0: at once, sometimes. Yeah. And Aaron, I think that that's a perfect explanation of that. And I I also think, again, the confidence piece, the more you go out there and the more that you make offers, the more that your right prospect is going to find which offer is best for them. And it's going to align with that. Um, Mm -hmm. I completely agree. It's just the confidence to get out there and and to do it. Um, Let's see. Keisha says, where do you start with pricing? Um, This is a really popular question. And I think it's one, um, and I know that we had mentioned earlier about like what do you what should you kind of expect from from launching for the first time? The reason why I like to talk about this is because I feel like a lot of times, and this is where the confidence comes in, is that we'll have these big goals in mind of right? Like I made forty thousand dollars this year, and next year I want to make my million dollars. And it's like, okay, that's great. But let's actually break that down that a million dollars is about eighty five grand a month. So like, how are we actually going to make that happen? How are we going to go from 40 grand a year to 85 grand a month, right? And like really kind of reverse engineering that. So when it comes to pricing or even what to expect from a first launch, you want to get really clear on what it is that you're offering, you know, where is the alignment with your prospect? What are they used to buying even from you or just from people in your niche and in your industry and really start to test it out. That is always my answer when it comes to pricing is like, you have to test it out. There is no one size fits all. There is no right answer. It is really about testing out what feels aligned with you and what is a, a viable buying margin for your prospect. Um, and Erin, any thoughts here?
1: Yeah. So I think that's great. And <laughs> it is really a testing process. So where do you start with pricing is you kind of just start. And there's really, I could stand here and be like, here's why it should be high ticket. I could also tell you 47 reasons why it should be $47. So I would ask yourself a couple of questions, which would be like, what do you want it to be? Like, if you just had to choose, what would it be? What do you think your people will pay for? What are other people selling similar things for? Um, And then on the range of where you want it to be, what do you actually feel comfortable asking for right now? And find something in there that feels like a little bit of a stretch but also like you'll actually do it because sometimes people get so wrapped up with, is this the right price that we just never sell? And I would rather you go make some money and then we can always go from there as you're gathering more and more information. On the
0: clubhouse side, just raise that hand. Um, I'm going to go to Alana. who said, um, what is the most effective way to promote if you don't have a lot of followers? Um, I would just kind of back up to what Erin was just saying and it's like, you get started because we all we all start from no followers. We all start from not having a lot of something. So the way that you do that is that you have to get out there, get vocal, go find the people. It's, it's not, and this is a thing that I've said for years, it is not your prospect's job to find you. It is your job to find your prospect. So you need to go and find your prospect mm. and, and make those offers. and. And that we can help you with. We can help you figure out how to do that. And we can help you figure out how to do that. Most importantly, with confidence and with clarity. That's what we do inside the Mastermind program. Miss Erin? Yeah.
1: yeah, I love that. And uh, I've never heard it said like that, that it's your job to go find your prospects, not to them for them to find you. And that's so, it puts the power back on the person to go find the thing. So what comes up for me here is like, community is the most important piece of the puzzle. And that. Not only in like sisterhood where people know people and can introduce you, um, also where people see you kind of in your professional power so that you're introduced as an expert and not like, hi, I'm new here. I just was hoping I could like tell you about my thing. You know what I mean? So really your positioning when you come in, knowing other people can change things. Um, and then how can you get in front of, how can you get in front of people that you're trying to work with? So if they're not in front of you yet, how can you leverage what you know to get on someone else's stage to get. Um, you know, to give free value to people that then moves them into your sales process.
0: talked about this a little bit earlier today, but um, what happens to me that I see a lot of times is that people, and again, I think this is just one of our like fear resistance blocks because whenever we're stepping into like this new transformation opportunity, we like to like opt out because <laughs> our body immediately thinks that it's like, no, 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 bad for you when it's really just a change. Um, but what happens a lot is that people start to think like, well, will this community really help me if they're not in my industry? Or will this um, coaching opportunity really help me because it's group? Or like, what can I really learn from these other people? Or, you know, is is X, Y, and Z really going to apply for to me because my business is different or my audience is different or my niche is different? And Erin said it so beautifully one time. She said, you know, it's kind of like going to a doctor in a specialty. And Erin, I'll let you say it because I don't want to mess it up.
1: <laughs> I'm going to mess this up, too. But, like, we're workshopping this metaphor. Um, but basically, like, people go to a doctor. Let's say you needed help with something, right? Your business is your specialty. So you would go to a specialist. And it would be okay with you if other people who went to the doctor had, were at, like, a different point in their business, Um, You wouldn't not go because the doctor was treating people who, like, had just started off with something versus someone who had been doing something for a long time. Like, it wouldn't matter where you were on that journey. If you trusted the doctor, you would go to the doctor, and you could probably learn a lot from the other patients and provide to them based on where their journeys are and their human experience, and you end up learning about more than just, like, the sickness you have or anything like that. So just kind of bringing that into the realm of community and in coaching containers, like, you show up you find the person that you feel like i see what you have i want it i trust you i know you i like you and i'm here i'm committed i want to learn and then the other people who are in that same space they've said the same thing and i think really on like a you know if we go to kind of like the spiritual side of things like there's there's so much more than business that we're doing together like really if you're showing up with a heart centered business we're here to change the world. We're here to change the way money kind of flows. And so like for us to say no to certain opportunities because there might be a couple people ahead of us and that scares us or a couple people behind us. And like, we don't want to feel like they're going to pull from us. Like, it's actually not like that. And when you're showing up fully in your power, I think there's unlimited opportunity. And that's just a good thing to remember.
0: So good. Yeah. And I just love that analogy of like, if I if I had... Migraines, right? And they were just overwhelming my life, and I felt so stuck and so stagnant and just so frozen by these migraines. I would want to go to the best specialist for migraines, and it wouldn't matter to me if he was treating people that had had migraines for ten years, or ten minutes, or men that had migraines, or women that had migraines, or children that had migraines. I want to go to the best person who can help me overcome my migraine problem, and that's how I look like. Look at any kind of support that it's. It it doesn't matter where other people may or may not be on their journey if the collective focus of where you're going is the same and who who is going to help you along that way. I love that. Mm -hmm. All right. Do we have any other questions from Clubhouse or any other questions here? Rochelle just said, how does an entrepreneur conquer the fear of pulling the
1: trigger on their launch? Great question. (laughs) Erin. Erin. Let's see. Okay, so uh, Rochelle then says later on, "to my fears are both of failure and success, um, and are caused by like analysis paralysis." So, okay, here the, I'm going to tell you what I actually think is the biggest key to moving forward. I think it's being in community and being supported, and here's why I think that because I I am in many a mastermind, meaning like I go in as guest as a guest expert. I talk about this stuff all the time. I'm constantly surrounded by brilliant women who are building businesses. And A, know that you are not alone. This is so normal. Um, B, when you are in a community of other women who are doing it, your body, because we're trying to answer this for our brain. It's like, what do I need to do to actually make the move? But the truth is, this is a full body question. Because the reason we don't move is because we don't think it's safe. And when you're in community and literally watching and witnessing other women doing it, your body starts to believe like, oh, this might be safe for us too. Same thing if we were like at a swimming pool and it was like 100 feet deep and and we were like, oh, my God, I don't know if I could do that. But then we started seeing people jumping and being fine. We would start to believe that we could do it, too. And so being in community, being supported, watching other people doing it, and instead of feeling like jealous or, oh, why can she not I? Instead, we take that as evidence. And then we start to build safety and trust, and then you can start to build your self-trust. It's okay if that starts outside of you before it starts inside of you. So I would ask yourself, like, how am I being supported around this right now? What do I actually need? And then go ahead and take the baby step of action. Like, you can start to, you can go stand on the diving board before you actually jump all the way in.
0: so much for that. Um, Yeah, and it, it really does come from action. And the more action that you take, the more that you get comfortable and confident with talking about what it is that you're, that you're offering, the more that you launch, the more that you learn, the more that you find your sweet spots, the more that you figure out, do I like doing webinars or not? Do I like doing podcasts or not? Do I like uh, having things live or having things recorded? These are all things that there's no right or wrong answer to any of these caveats. It's really about what works for you. And you learn that by doing it over and over and over and over again.
1: Yes. I, it brings me back to the dating analogy real quick too, Um, which is just like, say, if we're thinking of launch as like the marriage, as like the golden thing, the dream that we're trying to get towards is like a five-figure or six-figure launch or whatever it is, like in order to get there, it, your first launch might not be six figures and that's okay. Like you get to go play, you get to date and like figure out what you like, what Julie was just saying. So give yourself permission to like play and make a mess, which... Again, I mentioned this before, if in childhood you were told, like, not to or that it was bad to make a mess, that has to be resolved now so you can show up and test and express yourself and have fun and get the information so you can continue to build.
0: The community that you have in support, those are all of, like, your family and best friends who were with you every step of the way when you were dating this person, and they're now all at your wedding celebrating you.
1: Yes, I love that, <laughs> and it's so nice to be supported. When you are just starting dating, you don't want to always go to the person and be like, "Hi, I'm really scared about this." I'm freak. I mean, you want to have healthy communication, but when you have friends to be like, "Hey, this is happening," and you get a second opinion, and then you go back and show up in that way, it is the same thing in community with launches. When you're like, "Oh my god, no one's, no one showed up to my webinar. What do I do?" Instead of going to your audience and being like, "Hey." I'm feeling so scarce and this isn't working and bringing that energy. Instead, you go to your community, you solve the scarcity issue and you show up in abundance, which then attracts that back to you.
0: It's kind of like when you think about, you know, oh, I had this group of people that like saved my marriage or like helped me get engaged with this guy. They introduced me to him, you know, or her. Um, And that's really where the community comes in. So I love, it's such a great analogy. Um, All right, well, we have just a couple of more minutes before we wrap up. So first, I just wanna say thanks each and every one of you for being here, for sticking around to the end. Again, if this is something that you want more higher level, high touch support on, I would love to be someone who supports you in that. You can head on over to juliesolomon.net slash shine to get all of the information about the incredible mastermind and community program that we have there. And then, of course, you can always find me over at the Influencer Podcast and on Instagram at Jill Solomon. And, Erin, where can everyone find you?
1: Yeah. So I spend a lot of time on Instagram. I'm at Erin Lindstrom. So feel free to send me a message and say hi. Um, and erinlindstrom.com is my digital home. And absolutely, I just want to say from the outside looking into just community is the most important thing that you can do for yourself whether in any aspect whether it's business or life um and the community that has built within shine is just incredible the women who are in there it is like actually magic to be in an environment where people are moving forward and believing in each other and supporting each other so whether it's that community or another just give yourself the gift of asking yourself what you need in that department and actually showing up for it so you can receive beautiful rest of your weekend and we will see you very soon Yeah. Thanks
0: guys. See you on the interwebs. All right. That is it for today. Now, are you ready to make more money and impact? If so head over to juliesolomon.net slash accelerator to learn more about my coaching program and apply. All right. I'll see you again. Same time, same place next week.